listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It is Anthony and Aurora, and we are back talking more Marvel on Netflix. Luke Cage, Season 2, is here, and uh, we're talking the first two episodes. Aurora, I believe you were uh, a fan of Season 1, as mm-hmm. was I. Yes. I am happy to see the show back. Mm-hmm. And not only... Was I excited for the season, but I was kind of unprepared, actually, for... I don't think I really realized it until I watched these two episodes, how much I love a lot of the characters on this show. Yes, yeah. And so many of them are... Ugh, they're just excellent. I mean, let's just be honest. We're just happy that Claire Temple is back. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and she was great in these episodes. Yes. Holy... Yeah, there's a... She's having, finally, like a like a serious active role in, yes. one, in one of these series so and uh i feel like this is the first show where they where it feels like because they've sort of created a mini dc or M, you know mcu here kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this is the first show that feels like it like that those things are all together like multiple times they mention other defenders and people from other shows and things that happened to you know things that happened in the defenders stuff like that um Mm -hmm. like it feels like it's a cohesive uh show so at least in that regard while these shows don't feel like I, i feel like it's a weird thing i've talked about this on other shows before that they don't really feel like they're part of the bigger mcu even though they're supposed to take place in the same universe right uh, at least this show carved out like a mini uh, existence, like it like, made its own bubble. Some of the other shows that are like outside of Netflix, uh, with the exception of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which does kind of still very much um, connect in a peripheral way to the MCU. But like some of the other shows like uh, Marvel's Runaways or uh, Cloak and Dagger, which are actually both pretty good shows. And they're supposed to take place in the MCU, but you wouldn't know it from watching them uh, at all. Uh, yeah. Without that logo, you would just think that they were, you know, it was a superhero-themed show unconnected to anything. Uh, but yeah. at, least, at least here, they still, every now and again, make mention of The Incident. Right. Which is the Battle of New York. And, uh, you know, they, may, they reference their own stuff. So mm-hmm. at least we get that. Uh, let's talk about season two, episode one. It's called Soul Brother Number One. 
did you watch the because uh, Netflix gives you the option to watch like a show recap? Did you watch I, that? I did. It was very, very helpful. It was. <laughs> yes. But it weirdly ended. I mean, I know that it's like a recap of season one. Yeah. But if you watch season one and then you watch season two, I imagine you'd be a little confused because the recap of season one ends how season one ended with Luke Cage getting arrested and being taken to prison. Right. And then season two, he's just not in prison. Yeah. They skipped it, it, that they whole thing. They skip over the defenders where they explain that he's out and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and I don't think it's ever, I mean, I think they do offhandedly reference it or something. Kind of. But, kind of. Yeah. So I would be a little confused, but that being said, uh, this is following the events of Defenders, so Luke Cage has, is out and has been out for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Luke Cage, the bulletproof defender of Harlem, has become a bit of a celebrity. His friend D.W. Griffith attempts to earn him some money through merchandising and an app that tracks Luke's whereabouts. I don't know if he's really yeah, trying to it, earn Luke money so much as he's trying to earn himself money. Yeah, we, we have to talk about that app, for sure, because that's insane. That's <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> yes. Um, he spends his nights trying to stop a group from distributing drugs that are labeled with his own name on them. Following the secret battle at Midland Circle, Mid, uh, that's obviously referencing the Defenders, uh, Misty Knight is recovering from the loss of her arm and does not intend to... Uh, and does... Uh, I guess she does. It says here does not intend to return to police work uh, in the first episode. Yeah, but yeah. then she discovers that th- roughly thirty criminals or, sh- or so that she previously sent to prison have now been released because of the corruptness of her late partner Raphael Scarf uh, or Scarfe, uh, mm-hmm. depending on how you how you choose to pronounce it. I like I like how Scarfe sounds. <laughs> It sounds fancy. It's 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 fan it's fancy and it's also like a less it's like a weaker Scarface. Yeah. He's not really Scarface level, he's kinda he's like three quarters. Three quarters yeah. of a Scarface. Uh one of these criminals is Dontrell Hamilton, aka Cockroach, who is looking to buy Mariah Dillard's criminal empire alongside drug smuggler smuggler Arturo El Rey Gomez the third. And Jamaican gang leader Nigel Garrison. Griffith helps Cage identify El Rey as the Luke Cage drug cartel leader and turns him over to Knight's captain, Tom Ridenour, while Garrison is murdered by John McIver, a.k.a. the Bushmaster, who I think will be the villain for this season. For sure, yeah. Uh, and he survives several gunshots to the mm-hmm. chest uh, and has arrived from Jamaica planning to take... Harlem from Dillard. Uh, so your thoughts on the first episode of season two? I I really liked it. I liked, I, I know this is going to sound weird, but I like the colors. I, everything was very bright, mm-hmm. um, which I liked a lot. Um, it seemed, I, I feel like last season, Harlem was portrayed very dark and, yeah. you know, a lot of crime and, you know, corruption and all that. And then, we come back this season, Luke Cage is like being an active vigilante mm-hmm. in Harlem and everything looked brighter and like, I don't know, I, I, I like that a lot. Um, yes. But we have to talk about the app. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that DW has created. 
what is that? Who? Why did they think that was a good idea? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so if somebody spots Luke Cage, they can like tag their location. It's like a Luke Cage finder. Yeah. And it's like, you know, everybody can gather around and watch him, you know, beat up people. And he, of course, I, they haven't, they, they didn't mention it because they say that they're merchandising him. Like we saw shirts and hats and stuff at, at Pop's Barbershop. But it seems like he's also doing like a YouTube channel or it something. It seems like it, yeah. Like there's another guy who comes in, uh, like a like a white guy comes in with like a camera. Oh yeah, and he's like, like a vlogger. Yeah, he's like, we're at Pop's <laughs> famous barbershop. We're just waiting to see if Luke Cage himself shows up. I'm like, oh man, is, I wonder if this I is loved, what it's like. I loved how they threw it through the through his mouth. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this is my thing. Get out of here. Um, but I yeah, I loved, um, I loved all of this. Uh, there's some stuff that they left out here though, like the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Luke Cage's father sermonite, like practicing his sermon, right? Uh, which is kind of like a deconstructing of like Luke Cage. He knows that you know people are only seeing the shiny, happy side. That you know they don't know him like he knows him, right? Uh, that sort of thing. He can. They even confront each other at some point uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the near the end of the episode. Uh, where they and and it actually kind of mirrors stuff we see in the second episode with Mariah and her daughter, right? That I think right. is the first we've ever heard of her having a daughter. I don't remember if they mentioned it last season or not. I don't remember either. Right, um, but it sounds like they're estranged. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting how those two kind of because I think we know at the end of the day that it's really Mariah. I think is the real bad guy. Yeah. Through all yeah. of this. Uh, so, like, her and Luke's stories are kind of mirroring each other a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, something else that they left out conveniently is this Arturo guy. Arturo <laughs> Gomez the third. Yeah. Uh, when Luke goes looking for the, you know, he gets tipped off that this is the guy who's doing the drugs with your name on it. And right. And he runs this furniture business. He gets in the back of one of his furniture trucks, and El Rey, uh, Arturo, is there waiting for him. And he blows it up mm-hmm. with Luke inside. And, of course, that didn't hurt Luke Cage. In fact, he must have, like, really, really fancy hoodies. Yeah. Because the hoodie was still largely intact. I mean, it was yeah. singed and tattered. But, shockingly, most of it was still on. I figured he would have emerged naked from that. Like, all of his clothes would have been destroyed, but <laughs> apparently not. Uh, oh, yeah. But, but then, what they also leave out here is Arturo pulls out a gun and shoots him with a Judas bullet. Yes. Which hurts Luke, and then it explodes, but then Luke seems fine. So, so uh, help me figure this out, because I, I, I rewinded the, <laughs> the scene. Yeah. Did the bullet go in? It did. And then exploded inside of his body? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, so that's how the Judas bullet from like last season worked, and it's and it's built from Chitari tech. Although they never say that, they just say it was stuff from the incident. But that's what they mean. It was using Chitari technology was used. It's like I, I think they mentioned it last season that it was Hammer Tech. I that, think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, created yeah. the weapon, but they used it using Chitari technology or stolen Chitari technology 
yep. to make the the bullet that can penetrate Luke Cage. And last season, it hurt him. But now when he shot him, it, I mean, it penetrated his skin and it exploded. Yeah. But then he seemed okay. Mm-hmm. The wound healed and he was fine. Uh, so he doesn't know what's going on. Uh, I wonder I wonder if, he, if he... Because in the second episode, Claire says something about, you know, maybe he became stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he, like, his insights are now indestructible as well. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. That would be amazing. That means uh, he can't die. No, and that means he could eat anything. Yeah. You want to drink molten lava? Knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. I mean, it'll, you know... <laughs> It'd be like having like a habanero or like a thousand habaneros, but yeah, uh, you know you could do it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we get introduced to the 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 new bad guy Bushmaster, mm-hmm. uh, who seems to have similar yet lesser powers to Luke. Yeah, his body seemed to stop the bullets, but they did seem to damage him. Right, like he wasn't completely unharmed; he was bleeding, but right they couldn't penetrate his skin fully. So. It's like a like a dollar store version of Luke Cage. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's Kmart Luke Cage. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, I liked I like this episode a lot as well. Uh and yes, of course because this is for longtime listeners the Claire Temple fan podcast. Yes. Uh Rosario Dawson who seems to de-age every season of every show that she's that's, in. That's right. She looks younger. Who looks more and more <laughs> incredible every season. She looks beautiful. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She's, I mean, and that's like secondary, or if there is such a word, third dairy to <laughs> like her. She is such a good, a- oh my God, oh, she's yeah. excellent. Yep. And... I mean, if you've watched them through all of this, like, this is a relationship I don't want to ever see end. Yeah. I don't want anything bad to happen to her. I keep feeling like something bad is going to happen to her. Me too. Yeah. Uh, she's. I mean, and look, Luke, I don't remember if it's this episode. It may be the second episode where he starts questioning, how is it that you end up with all of these people? He did. Yeah. How do you end up with all of these? Like, how do you keep running into these super powered people all the time? Yeah. And, you know. It's dangerous for, you know, Mary Jane to be with Spider-Man or Pepper yeah. Potts to be with Iron Man. Yep. You know, she's hanging around all of these dudes. <laughs> she must because have... she's Claire Temple. I know. <laughs> um, she's I a also, badass. I also want to point out how so many things are deliberate in this show, especially like everything from like wardrobe to like uh, music. Mm-hmm. They had this great scene uh, where they're playing this uh, like this you know, super sexy, slow dancey type of song, mm-hmm. but it's called Night Nurse. I, I was going to ask you because I I could hear it, but I, I didn't know if it was true that they were saying the words Night Nurse. They were, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the part of the lyrics were Night Nurse, and I'm like, oh, yeah. that's awesome. It was amazing, yeah. That was so good. By the way, this episode directed by Lucy Liu. Yeah, I saw that at the beginning as well. Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I I really like this episode. It was a great reintroduction. They some I mean, you can't I don't think you can necessarily go into this blind. They make a couple of references, but they're only really references you would get if you watched 
the defenders, like why does Misty Knight not have her arm anymore? Right, uh, right. Stuff like that. So if you did not see the defenders, you're probably missing out. I would recommend watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aurora and I both thought it was good. Yes. I don't think we thought it was great, but yeah, we didn't say it was excellent. Yeah, we thought it was, but good. it was good. It's okay. worth it's it's worth watching. Yeah, it's worth you know a once through. I don't know if it's a repeat viewing type right miniseries, but it's right. definitely worth a once through, and it uh, provides some context here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I've got more to talk about in the next episode as it pertains to Misty Knight, but yeah, because there is a lot more to talk about. Uh, now how about? Shades and Mariah being yeah. like really hooked up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I think they teased some of that. Did, did they were they together last season? No, no, because they was, were never like romantically involved, right? No, no. Shades was like part of her brother's group, right? And then when he died, like he sort of like kind of like rescued her, like picked her up in a car, and then they took right. off. Right. Uh, and then I think they sort of teased maybe some some romanticism, but things have grown since then. They are, like, hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, I think he's, like, head over heels for her. As he we is. kind of learn in the next episode. Yeah. And uh, in this one, too, because there's this waiter that uh, calls her his aunt or something like that. Oh, yeah, like auntie or something, yeah. And then I think it's near the end of the episode, you see that waiter, like he's punching him yes. <laughs> in the kitchen. Yes. Uh, and he has like a, this guy's, I don't know if it's like his bodyguard or there's like a, a new guy. That's hanging around. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's like a friend of Shades. Yeah. Um, and he also beats the guy up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what would you, so what would you give uh, the f- premiere episode of season two? I'm going to give it a solid four. Yeah. I give it a four. Uh, good episode, a good start, mm-hmm. uh, and a nice reintroduction to characters we love. Uh, before we talk about the next episode, plug time for the sponsors of this week's episode, Adam Tickets. Head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Tickets, or click the link at the top of the page uh, to head on over to Adam Tickets. Pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. Uh, I would recommend, because this is podcasters of shield that uh you scoop up tickets for ant-man and the wasp yeah which is not out yet i believe it's opening on the sixth as we record this so it's this yeah, like it's this, this week, week mm-hmm. um that it's opening up and i've heard pretty good pretty good things about it me too yeah it's, it sounds like it's it doesn't sound like it ties in too heavily to infinity right. war but it sounds right. like it is the palate cleanser you need if you watched infinity yes. war uh, a couple of months ago, and you need a Marvel movie that is not really dark, sad, and depressing. If you need something that is light and bouncy <laughs> and fun, which I do after Infinity War, I need something to like wash that taste out of my mouth a little bit. Uh, it sounds like this is going to be excellent. I've seen a couple of clips from it, and it looks like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So excited, excited to see it. Uh, let's talk about. Season 2, Episode 2, Straighten It Out, is what it's called. Uh, this paragraph is all out of whack in terms <laughs> of its... It starts with Bushmaster visiting uh, Tilda Johnson. Oh. Which, okay. as we as we learned, is Mariah's daughter. A right. strange daughter that... And, and she runs, like, a botanical 
place. Yeah, like holistic yeah. medicine-y type stuff, herbs and whatnot. And uh, I think this is tied into the, like, Mariah's trying... She's got, like, a manager or a representative or something that wants to clear up, clean up her image. Mm-hmm. And she says reuniting with her daughter is a good way to do that. So, you know, she tries to... She tries to do that. Although she's also like, you know, she calls her mother Mariah. Yeah. And she's like, show me respect. <laughs> That's not what you call your mother. <laughs> My name is Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Bushma- Bushmaster visits uh, Tilda Johnson to get ingredients for augmenting the plant Nightshade, which mm-hmm. he uses to heal his wounds and increase his strength. Johnson is Dillard's daughter and is also visited by her mother who wants to publicly reunite with Johnson after years apart to improve her image. Dillard wants to transition to a legitimate businesswoman, which is why she is selling her gun business. Right. Uh, She organizes for El Rey to be released on bail and sends her lover shades to uh, complete the sale with him. But when El Rey refuses and then disrespects Dillard, Shades kills him. Uh, mm-hmm. Knight is now on light duty, quote-unquote, and unable to pursue leads, but directs Luke to uh, Cockroach, Dontrell Hamilton. Cage believes he is indestructible, but Cockroach is able to injure him with the force of a close-range, high-powered gun. This bothers Luke's girlfriend, Claire Temple, who is struggling with her inability to help Luke, as well as his reluctance to mend his relationship with his estranged father, James Lucas. Luke agrees, or not Luke, but um, Tilda agrees to give her mother a second chance. Uh, And also, Luke finds Cockroach and beats the hell out of him in front of his family. Yep. Um, And even though this guy beats his family... Luke pummels this guy so much that he scares the mother and the son. Right. As well. Uh, that's that's what we're left on. But uh, what did you think of uh, the second episode? Let's talk about that last scene because something <laughs> upset me about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that he, you know, came in and helped that woman. Yes. And her kid. Yes. But does he have to destroy their apartment? <laughs> Apparently, can he just take the guy out of the apartment and just beat him him in the hallway? Grab him by the. Do not destroy my. I mean, she looks like she works hard for what she has. Right. Uh, She has to deal with this guy that's beating her up, and you're coming coming in and also destroying everything I have. No. Well, I think. I mean, I think we know why he why that happened. Yeah, I think he lost that a little bit. Yeah, it plays into this thing with Claire trying to... Because she knows something is not quite right with him. She yeah. can she can sense it. And um, he has this inability to move past things or try to give his father a second chance. And she wants him to. And, right. you know, he's like, got to get out of my head. You know, Claire's offering decent advice. She is. Yeah. And they play up. I think that... His dad, who does not seem like a, a really great guy, right? Regardless, but you know they play up like 
you know, he's really awful, horrible, whatnot, because Luke is the hero, and if he doesn't like this guy, we shouldn't either. Right. But he has that speech at the beginning of episode one about how he knows Luke better than most do. And then mm-hmm. in this episode, Claire goes to the church that yep. his father is now at and is listening to his sermon. And it's like a just, I mean, both of the speeches this guy's given have been tremendous. I love I the could, one in this episode. Yeah, I could listen to him talk forever about stuff. Yeah. But, you know, he's talking about, um, you know, uh, he's telling a story and it's about, uh, you know, how everybody has like two wolves inside of mm-hmm. them and one is good and just and fights when it has to and fights for what's right. And the other one will just fight at the drop of a hat for any reason. And the kid asks his grandfather, which is stronger. And the grandfather replies, whichever, you know, whichever one you feed. Right. And... That's I think that's our tip off that right now Luke is feeding the the less controlled side. Yeah. Like normally I think Luke would have grabbed that dude by the scruff and pulled him out. Yeah. Like gave him like one shot and knocked him out. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he wanted to do here. He wanted to punish this guy for they, a variety they, of reasons. And while he's doing that, they are like cutting back to the club and this guy is singing um and the song is about kind of like fame going to your head mm-hmm. um, and letting like the city just yes. take over. Um, yeah. Oh, and tremendous, by the way, the, and the music was excellent. Excellent. And, and then using it. I mean, this is the second time they've done this to yeah. highlight what's going on and not mm-hmm. in like a, not in like a weird way. Like they do sometimes in movies where they play like a very famous pop song to describe the scene that you're watching. Right. <laughs> uh, this is done in a much better way. I thought. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was excellent. They have like this wild, kind of like you know this wild out of control guitar solo in the middle of the song. Yeah, and, you know that's when he's pummeling and beating guys up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's all tremendous. Uh, we mentioned that Shades is really into Mariah, and he goes to this Arturo <laughs> guy. Yeah, and he insults he insults. Mariah to Shades' mm-hmm. face, mm-hmm. and Shades basically swallows it, and he's like, you know, don't, you know, don't put her name in your mouth again. And then, because I do not speak Spanish, I can only presume that he said a lot of horrible things about <laughs> he Mariah. Did. Okay, he did. yeah. Is there anything that you can say? Very in a bad podcast? things. <laughs> um, I mean, the only one I can maybe say is a uh, like whore. Oh, okay. But the other ones, I can't see it. Okay. <laughs> even though this, even though this is a, that's how bad it was because yeah. there are really no like word restrictions on this show or any of the shows. He was not very kind. No. And Shades just st- took a step back and then shot him in the head without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. He's. Uh... I mean, I I would love for somebody to be that protective of me. Maybe not quite <laughs> that protective of me. Like, stand up for me, sure, but maybe not shoot somebody in the head because they said some bad words about me. Right. He may be a, l- a little unhinged, this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, can we, before we talk about some other stuff, can we talk about Misty Knight in yes, this episode? Please. Yes. I mean, I mean, she's great in the show, but... What the, what the fuck is going on here, Aurora? She does not have an arm. Yes. 
Yeah. But they're acting like she has nothing. Yeah, the, the people in the police station are dicks. <laughs> like they're teaching, they're treating her with such kid gloves. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think that is them... also because of her partner. Like they're maybe, associating okay, her maybe. with him. Um, but she proved that she's she had nothing to do with that. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. The, the, those people the, are they're, awful. They're like you're not ready for interrogation, and she's like. I lost an arm, not my. No, that that will. guy that walks by her desk and says, "Do you need a hand?" What oh, a sure, dick! Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> and then she just stands up. She's like, "Look, here's my missing arm. Everyone, get a good look at it. It's not causing, you know, like, you know, get your shit out. There's no need to make jokes. There's no need, you know. I don't need a helping hand. I don't need any of this. I just want to do my job. Can we get this over with, please?" In the comics, of course, she gets a metal arm. Right. You better be headed towards this. And I, I was going to ask you, what do you think about after um, Arturo? Is that yes. his name? After he dies, um, the cops go to the uh, furniture store. Yes. And Misty Knight goes too. Yes. And she has this like, like it's it's kind of like a flashback. Like she's kind of seen what happened. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, like, so we saw her do this in the first season too. Like she has this right way. She has this mind, like Sherlock Holmes mind palace. If you've ever right. watched the PBS Sherlock Holmes with, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, um, he's, you know, he's got this way of, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what they're doing, but she's kind of got this way of, she can tie things together. Like she can see things in the crime scene and, and kind of like peace. What yeah, happened together? She can sort of see it happen in her head. But in the first season, she would do it, and you could see in her face that she was like trying to figure out things and how what happened. But in yes. this episode, she seemed almost like she could see who did it somehow. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't fuzzy. know if if it's something like I don't know if it's like a power she has now or something like that. Maybe or something she always had, and it just maybe never developed like yeah. maybe she thought she was just really good at piecing together crime scenes but maybe she has some sort of undeveloped power that she yeah. didn't really know maybe losing her arm or something some some maybe a, a traumatic event like that is mm -hmm. kind of pushed forward some of these things yep i'm not sure that's a that's actually a pretty good observation because i don't remember her seeing i i mean i don't know maybe she saw fuzzy figures before like these are the people and this is where they would have stood but she doesn't know who the people are right right but in this this time it she saw shades yes yeah a very fuzzy version of shades mm -hmm. yes interesting yeah um yeah so i i don't know what's going on i don't know why they're <laughs> treating her like this because she lost an arm it's insane they're treating it like she was in a coma for months and she couldn't walk and couldn't speak. Like, you know, she's everything she ever was. She just doesn't have one arm. Yeah, and there's another, like, female detective that's also, like, awful to her. And she yes. says something like, are you, you know, did enough people feel sorry for you yet? Or something like that. I'm yes. <laughs> like, what is happening? Crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's another thing I really liked in this episode that didn't get put into this uh, recap, but part of this whole so some of some of these uh, some one of the ideas they're playing with uh, is that Luke Cage, for all of his powers and abilities, is still a man. Mm -hmm. He's not Tony Stark. 
He's not a god like Thor. Right. Uh, he is an average guy with, you know, extraordinary abilities. And, you know, they, they're worried about paying the bills at Pops. And they're mm-hmm. still living in an apartment with Claire. And, you know, they're like, you know, look, DW has a point. You maybe need to start merchandising yourself at least a little bit. You know, your police officers get paid. Uh, and, you know, FBI agents, get, all, all of these people, law enforcement, get paid for their job. Right. You know, you should, you know, you should get something, too. And he does this thing where it's like kind of like a a, a publicity thing where yeah. he goes to like a like a football training camp or something like that with like mm-hmm. a made up team and he does like I think it's tremendous fun where he just yeah. goes and like he's going to do the long jump and it's like oh he hit 24 feet and they're like oh that's only 11 feet past <laughs> the world record <laughs> like holy cow they're like and you know he ran the the 40 faster than Usain Bolt or whatever yeah, and i yeah. and i like there's a scene where the Jamaican guys like Bushmaster and his friend like they're watching this and they take offense to it cuz yeah. it's Usain Bolt's record <laughs> yeah. Yeah. uh that was awesome there is a you know like a 400 pound tire yeah. Which is normally like a thing where you like lift it and you just tip it over and he just picks it up and yes. throws it. Yeah. All of that it's stuff. It's like was literally awesome. a finger. Yes. <laughs> and like a dude comes up from like Nike and they like want to sponsor him and mm-hmm. oh man. I, I like all of that stuff. And I think that's all awesome. Also, we I actually forgot to mention a really underrated part of the first episode after uh, Luke captures Arturo after surviving the Judas uh, bullet and the explosion where he basically just like gets in DW's camera and kind of cuts like a promo for his YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. And then he dabs. <laughs> I don't <laughs> that, know. That actually upset me. Did it? <laughs> actually upset See, me Luke a lot. Hey, dab? Yes. Well, you know what? DW saved it by like freaking out. He's like, ah, dab on him. <laughs> Dab on the haters, he said. I was like, dabbing does not belong in this show. <laughs> I do not want to see dabbing in this show. I mean, at least not Luke Cage. It seemed it seemed goofy to me. Yeah. It's, it I seemed mean, goofy, yeah. <laughs> yes. But, uh, for me, I don't know, DW saved it. But that being said, an underrated moment that stuck out to me is like, whoa, what? What, what is happening here? Uh but yeah, this uh, yep. the second yep. episode, uh, uh, less happy. I mean, we got that moment kind of early on where he goes and does that stuff. Uh, but then things uh, kind of uh, fall apart a little bit. And Luke uh, talks about this a lot. He's like, you know, Claire keeps trying to tell him, like, you know, look, people love you. And he's like, yeah, I mean, that happens for a while. But then something always happens. Something always yep. drags it down. Something bad is going to happen. There's, there's a premonition. Yes. Uh, so another good episode, mm-hmm. a pretty good one. What did you, uh, if you have any other final thoughts, I'd love to hear them. If not, what would you give episode two? I, I, I also gave it a four. Mm-hmm. I gave this one a little bit more. I gave it like four and a quarter. Okay. I liked it a, a little bit more than, uh, the first episode. Cause you know, the, I mean, both of these episodes in a way were kind of like, you know, setting up, getting you right rewarmed to this particular character and the other cast of characters in the show. But I feel like this one kind of started adding a little bit of layering to it a little bit. And I liked it a lot. And I'm just, like I said before, 
I when I started watching this, I was amazed at how much affection I felt for so many of these characters. Yep. Uh there. I mean, Alfre Woodard's Mariah. She's so good. Yeah, she is. Like, especially if she gets mad. Yeah. When she's mad. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, the acting in this show is amazing. But I mean, if you're a Everybody. Star Trek fan, if you're a Star Trek fan, you would know that because. She got really mad at Captain Picard once in Star Trek First Contact. <laughs> and that scene was also incredible. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. I <laughs> uh, didn't think I would be bringing up Star Trek on this Marvel podcast, but I, uh, I squeeze it in where I can. But yeah, uh, a great couple of episodes. Uh, I am more than excited to watch more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped. Uh, all right, that's the episode for this week. Uh, head on over to the website, cinemageekly.com, to check out the archives of the show and get caught up on any of the other things. Like, if you see this and you're like, shit, I haven't watched Defenders yet, you can go watch it, and then you can kind of keep up with what we thought uh, of the show uh, as well. Because I would recommend that over, um, like, Jessica Jessica Jones Season 2, you should watch too. Mm-hmm. But uh, to be caught up for this show, I would recommend going back and watching Defenders if you have not done it already. Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and hit subscribe. If you have anything you would like to add about the episodes this week, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Google+, Instagram. Just look for Cinema Geekly. That's what we are on all of those platforms. And uh, that's it. We're going to come back next week, talk two more episodes of Season 2 of Luke Cage on Netflix. Episode 3 is called Wig Out, and Episode 4 is called I Get Physical. 